Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I'm really excited to reintroduce a former guest, Anita Dreska, who is a blog SEO and Pinterest coach. If you haven't tuned into episode, I believe it's episode 83 as yet, please do. Anita shared with us some amazing tips for optimizing our show notes so that we can get our podcast found on Google. And one of the tips that she shared in that episode was around linking related episodes at the bottom of your blog post. And I made a joke that I had no other episodes to link that episode to. And so she had to come back so that I had a podcast episode to link together. And so here we are. Anita is a full-time travel blogger who has grown her website page views to nearly 100k per month using both Pinterest and SEO. She runs two successful travel blogs, which have allowed her to travel to over 50 countries while getting paid for it as well as collaborating with some of the biggest brands and being featured in big press outlets. She's even appeared in TV shows, and now she's on a mission to help coaches, course creators, and done-for-you service providers create and grow businesses that lead to more income, impact, and freedom using reliable and long-term strategies such as blog, SEO, and Pinterest marketing. Anita, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast to talk to us all about website SEO. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, doing good, thank you. Thank you for having me back. I always love talking about SEO, so it's really awesome to be back talking to you about this topic. Yeah, no, 100%. And before we dig in, I want to say a massive congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Please do tell our listeners a little bit more about it so they can check it out. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, I launched my first podcast. It's called Marketing That Leads. And it's a podcast delving into more kind of evergreen marketing strategies. So particularly SEO, blogging, um, a little bit of Pinterest in there, and also just kind of behind the scenes of my own business and sharing what is working, what isn't. Um, and so I'm really excited to just bring this to the world. You know, I love listening to podcasts, so um, it was a real joy to be able to create my own. Yeah. Is it something that you've wanted to do for a while? For a while, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I had the sort of bandwidth to actually add in a podcast into yeah. my current, like, you know, weekly routine. And I felt mm. like I was finally ready to tackle it. And it's been amazing so far. Like, it just has mm. kind of, like, fit into everything that I do, which... Um, is great. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's a lot of people just throw themselves into it and underestimate how much is involved. But yeah, once you find your rhythm, then it's just mm. off to the races. And I love the name marketing that leads. I just yes. love it. 
I love it. So congratulations. I'll make sure that the link is included in the show notes so that our listeners can tune in. But today we are going to talk about website SEO, optimizing Mm. your website so that you are found by your ideal clients via Google. This is something that we talked about on a show notes point of view a couple episodes ago, episode 83, I believe it was. But now I just wanted to bring Anita back on to bring a different perspective from a business, not just a podcast perspective. So let's kick right off. I think we all know what SEO is, but maybe Mm. for those who have maybe vague understanding, what is it in its simplest terms, Anita? Right. So yeah, sometimes when people hear SEO, they want to run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is why it's such an important topic to talk about. So to break SEO down in really simple terms, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And so you're basically applying certain techniques and a strategy um, behind your content, behind your website to be able to optimize your website and content for search engines so that they can actually show your website and its content. So there are different techniques that you can use in order to optimize your website as a whole. Um, There's lots of different things that we could, you know, touch on, but that's basically SEO in its basic terms. Like you just have to think about when your ideal client or customer is going to Google, what are they typing in? What kind of keywords and phrases? And then you're going to use that information to be able to optimize your website. So that's it in basic terms. Yeah, very, yeah, let's just keep it (laughs) PG. (laughs) Like really, really basic, down to the ground, kindergarten. Because I know I'm definitely one of those people who I hear the name and I just come out in hives because Mm. it just, I'm sure it's not that complicated. I'm sure it's one of those things like we do in business. We're like, oh, but then when you actually do it, like dedicate the time to do it, you come away thinking, oh, that wasn't that hard but I'm not there yet. Mm. And so I speak to experts like yourself to educate me and to educate my audience so that we can just do not yeah enough. We can do enough Mm -hmm. to help us achieve our goals because we're not trying to be experts ourselves, but we just want to do enough so that we are found by our ideal clients. Okay. So that's SEO. What are some of the most important factors? So you touched on keywords a little bit there. What are some other important factors when it comes to SEO? Mm. So in terms of your website, so something that is really important that Google looks at a lot is how your website works. So when someone is hitting a page on your website, so let's say that they land on your homepage, right? Mm. So what happens from there? Is it easy for people to navigate Um, We can look at simple things like a menu. Do you have a really clear menu taking people to other places of your website? Do you have a a search bar? If people want to search for different pieces of content or pages, do you have that on your website? Um, Do you have links that work? That is another really big one. So something that I do on the regular is actually um, there's a website called brokenlinkchecker.com. 
Um, you can plug in your website domain and it will tell you if you have any broken links. So I would recommend that be like a monthly task is to make sure that all the links on your website are actually working and they're leading to another working page because that's something that Google does look at. Um, the main thing is the user experience. So, you know, what is it like if someone comes to your website? Is it easy to use? Um, is it easy to navigate? And another really important factor within that as well is the speed. So if your website is slow, that's a bad, bad thing for Google. They want your website, I think it's under three seconds. They want your website to load in three seconds. If it's over that, then that's bad SEO. Because when you think about it, if you go to a website and you're like waiting for more than three seconds or four seconds, I'm like, I'm out of here. It's too too long. (laughs) I'm bored now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like people just want like quick, quick, quick. So you need to make sure that your your website is user-friendly, it's fast, and that you have links that work, that take people to other places of your website. That is an amazing tip. And this also applies to show notes. So make a note of this Mm. link, brokenlinkchecker.com, because I cannot tell you how many podcast episodes that I've found, especially when it's with a guest. And so I hop on over to the um, episode description or the show notes on their website and I click whatever freebie or whatever it was that the guest talked about. And then I get the uh (laughs) uh-oh page and I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I really wanted that thing. So I love that you've mentioned that. In terms of the speed, how does one, short of pulling up my timer, Mm. And timing this myself. <laughs> is there a tool that can like easily tell me the speed for the different pages on my site? Yes, there are multiple free tools that you can use. Okay. Um, I know one of them is called, I think it's GT Metrics, okay. if I'm remembering that right. Um, I think there's also one called, I think it's like Ping Tools or something like that. But If you go to um, Google and you type in um, like website test speed or website speed test, then it should come up. Actually, Google has its own speed test that you can use as well, and it will give you a score out of 100. Um, And that's really helpful as well. So I recommend doing that just to see how your website is loading and if there's anything that is kind of like slowing it down. Because, you know, if it's slow, then that's a bad user experience in Google's eyes. And We definitely don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the more I hear you talk about this, the more impressed. Is that the right word? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But there's this thing of, oh, my goodness. Like, Google's huge, right? I don't know anyone Mm -hmm. who uses, well, there might be, but Google's it. And so just hearing you talk about it in this way, like, how does it even know whether or not I've got a search button? It just sounds like this almighty power thing yeah <laughs> like it is gone. I don't have a search well it's not live I think I do have one for my blog but I've, I've hidden that particular field and it's just mad mm. how they can just pick up on all this information yeah it's crazy I mean Google is just such a big beast right it, it scans websites every single day it scans content all of the time Um, and so, you know, it all comes down to user experience. Like for example, the search bar. So I have a search bar 
on my homepage, like if you scroll down okay. a little bit, I have a big search bar so that people can easily find um, any kind of content that they you know want to find on my website. Um, I also have it like within blog posts, um, like on the sidebar as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that, you know, even for me as a user, when I'm going to websites, especially blogs who have a lot of different content, um, or podcasters when, you know, if you have show notes and if I want to see if they've talked about a particular topic and I want that search bar, right. I'm not going to like scroll through all of their, you know, recent blog posts. I want to actually see straight away. Do they have a blog post on this? Um, and I, and make it easy for me to find, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I have to rethink my search button. <laughs> my search <laughs> bar is that. Okay, perfect. So you touched on one of the mistakes that you see people make being mm. not checking their broken links on a regular basis. What are yeah. some of the other things that we should be thinking about? Like, you mentioned you do this activity on a monthly basis. What are some of the other tasks that you make sure you do regularly? Yeah, that's a really good question. So on a monthly basis, I am always checking my links. I'm always checking my speed. Um, that's another thing as well, because um, what happens? So when you create a lot of content, if you're adding a lot of images, if you're adding videos, um, if you are adding you know, one thing that really slows down a website is, you know, those Instagram kind of plugins that showcases oh, your really? latest Instagram posts. Yeah, they can slow your website down a lot. <laughs> so um, just double checking that. Yeah, make sure that that's not like slowing down your website a lot. Um, then I also, I always check my SEO ranking. So I actually check, you know, which pieces of content is is ranking and if some have lost rankings what can I do to update those those bits of content and mm -hmm. things like that so that's kind of like the main two you know two or three things that I would recommend um, another thing that you could do as well is just sit down once a month or even like once every quarter and just pretend that you are a user like you've never visited mm -hmm. your website before and just click around and see how you like the experience. Is there something like annoying that's popping up? Also, actually, that just like kind of reminded me, check your website on your mobile. Oh, the mobile gets me every Yeah, it, oh, it's so frustrating, <laughs> right? I just automatically do it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I know. It is the most frustrating thing ever. But when I was just uh, talking about, you know, go through your website like as a user, um, check your website from the mobile and just making sure that you can click on all the elements easily and everything is working on mobile as well because that's really important. I mean, as business owners, we are usually always on our laptops, right? And maybe we're not on our phones checking things so much. So just, you know, double checking that everything does work on the mobile. Mm. So those would be my my few good tips to do on a monthly basis. That's really, really helpful. I wanted to dig into one of the things you said about sometimes maybe a blog post might have lost or the rankings might have lowered. Why mm. might that be? Yeah, so there can be a number of different reasons why a piece of content might have lost their rankings or um, is not ranking at all, right? That's another um, scenario. But if a blog post has lost its ranking, this can mean a few different things. So number one, look at your website as a whole, like check those broken links, check your speed, 
just making sure that overall your website is you know functioning properly. The other thing is sometimes people come in with new bits of content that um, are more valuable than yours. And so what I do, let's say that I have a blog post on page one of Google, and then suddenly it's like dropped off to page two or three. I go to Google, I type in my keyword that I was trying to target or I was targeting, and I see what kind of new content has come up before Uh. me. And I have a look and see, right, are they like delving into any kind of new topics? Um, And then I ask myself, how can I make my piece of content even more valuable? Like, how can I make this the number one piece of content above Mm. these people's, right? So um, asking yourself, is there anything that you can update within the blog posts? Like, Mm. maybe some information is a little bit outdated. Um, Is there anything that you can add in? Is there questions, other questions that you can answer within your blog posts? Mm. Um, so that's where I would kind of start. Um, start to kind of update the the main content and then, you know, wait a little while, see how it does. Um, another thing that I also like to do is add in some more keywords. So there's always more than one way to say something. So I'm always having a look at content that might've lost rankings and asking myself, are there any kind of related keywords that I could add in here um, so that I'm not relying so heavily on just one main keyword? Yeah. Yeah. There can be a number of different reasons, but you know, most of it comes down to there's new content that is more valuable in Google's eyes. um, And just asking yourself, how can you make your piece of content even better? Yeah, that's interesting. You've reminded me, actually, I think I saw you post some stories about updating your blog post. And at the time I was like, huh? <laughs> Is that something I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing? Just a thought. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense yeah. because new content's being released so often. As you said earlier, Google's always searching. So that would that would make sense. I mean, I'm not keen. <laughs> I also like yeah. the blog post being <laughs> a one and done. With blog posts, you've got to think of it as sort of like a resource that people can come back to again and again. So, um, for example, um, encyclopedias are always kind of being updated, right? I mean, that's a pretty like old school example, but, you know, information is always changing, um, new strategies and things like that are always changing. Tips might change, you know, from what you have talked about in your previous blog post, maybe you had you know, 10 Facebook ad tips and now, you know, one tip is not really relevant anymore. And, you know, just asking yourself, um, can you add in some some new information? So um, I can give you an example, actually. So I actually write a lot about um, Albania, like Albania travel content. And something that I do um, right about now when we're recording this, so like March time, Um, I actually go through all of my Albania travel guides, like the location travel guides, the tips, the, you know, all of the articles. And I go through every single one and I update them. And I do this because the summer season is coming up. This is my busy period, right? I know that a lot of people are going to be searching for Albania content. And I want to tell Google, I have the most up-to-date information on my website people can know exactly, you know, where to go. When's the bus this year? You know, because bus timetables are always changing in Albania. It's so frustrating. 
But um, but just like small things like that, just asking yourself, yeah, can you update things um, and make it even better for your audience? Yeah, that makes total sense. Maybe it just depends on the niche. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. But yeah, no, that makes total sense. And so what are, or should I say, what is the difference in simple terms between on-page and off-page SEO? Mm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so basically on-page SEO is things that you can do um, on your website to help it perform better. Um, so this would be like keywords, things like that, you know, updating the information, um, making sure that okay. the user experience is good. Um, off-page SEO. So off-page SEO can look like backlinks, for example. So backlinks can be off-page SEO. Um, these are links pointing to your website from outside sources. So this is actually a really good topic to cover because this is quite important when you are trying to, um, you know, get your content to rank or your website to be seen as an authority within Google's eyes. Um, so, you know, what you could do is let's say that you have, let's say that you do a podcast interview, right? And you were linking to the other person's website. Okay. And so when you link to their website, you're giving them what's called link juice. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a weird yeah, term. So but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So weird. But um, basically, you're telling uh, Google that this website is really great because I am linking to it. And so the more links that you can get to your website, the more authority you are seen to have. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of kind of bad strategies when it comes to backlinks. Um, for example, don't pay for backlinks. <laughs> don't do that. Oh. Um, yeah, they, you shouldn't do that. Um, they should be natural, right? And so you can gain backlinks in natural ways, like collaborating with other people. Um, let's say that you're friends with another business owner, right? And you both have a website. And maybe mm. you both put out content, whether that is blog posts or whether that is um, show notes. Mm. Can you link to each other, like collaborate and link to okay. each other and give each other that kind of like link juice? Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense. <laughs> what doesn't make sense is how one would even buy. Do you mean approaching the person who has the website and paying them? Or do you mean someone selling no, so So people can go to um, different websites and basically you pay really? for them to get you backlinks. It's a, it's a bad strategy. <laughs> don't do it. It's like spam. It's bad and it's very <laughs> stupid. Like, I don't understand yeah. why you would want to do that. Yeah. But yes, don't do this. <laughs> I don't think my, our listeners yeah. would do something so crazy. But No, no, to, I don't think it's so. It's good to know. It's good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's just something that, yeah, you have to uh, just avoid, right? Yeah. And it's just like buying Instagram followers. Like you don't do that, right? That's not something that you should do. So when it comes to SEO, yeah, that's like one of the things that you shouldn't do. Um, Off-page SEO, also another thing that can really help with it is um, social media content mm -hmm. even. So like sharing your content on social media, sharing out your website, okay. um, podcasts, linking to your websites mm. that can be really great so think of it as anything that is like 
off your website Mm -hmm. that's sort of like linking to your website, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for podcast show notes, another option would be, this is why it's important to plan your podcast episodes, because if you plan, Mm -hmm. you can also think about, is there an article? Is there another blog post that someone else has written? Whatever it might be, you can talk about in the episode and then include the article link in the show notes as well. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be just a guest. I do some solo episodes and refer to a random article, sometimes just to be able to put that link (laughs) in my show notes. Absolutely. It's a relevant topic, but still, I know how important those backlinks are. So sometimes I'll refer to something. Um, But yeah, that's good to know. And then I suppose the big question would be, how long does it take for someone to see results from their SEO strategy. Mm -hmm. I know like every marketing strategy takes a bit of time. None of us can really expect instant 24 hours results. But (laughs) in your experience and your client's experience, how long maximum, like minimum maximum, what would that look like? Mm, Yeah, this is a a hard question to answer, but it is a really great question because A lot of people want to know if I am starting to SEO optimize my website and its content, like how long is it going to take until I see results? So it really depends on your strategy. It depends on what kind of content um, you are putting out. So for example, if you are putting out blog posts or show notes, that is really going to help you be able to optimize your website as a whole faster than someone who is not, you know, having that those pieces of content published on their website. Mm. And it also depends on, uh, for example, like with blog posts and show notes, what kind of keywords you are going after. So if keywords are quite competitive, then it might take longer or you might not see any results because they might be too competitive. Um, if you are going for low competition keywords, then that's probably going to help you see results faster, but you need to make sure that those keywords are actually searched for, right? So always double check, um, in a, in an SEO tool. So I actually, um, when, before I started coaching, I started a second website because, I wanted to see how long it would actually take me to be able to build a website content Mm. and SEO rank. And so I built a very specific website, um, like very niche website. And it took me, I think it was two and a half months for my first article to reach page one of Google. Right. So it really depends. (laughs) Um, Usually when I'm putting out a blog post, for example, I will give a time frame like six months. That's when I'm going to double check the blog post if it's not ranking and like change things up. Mm. Um, sometimes it can take a little bit longer, but I've had blog posts that rank within seven days. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, if you're a new website, it might take you a little bit longer. Um, don't expect overnight success with SEO. It's something that you're going to have to work on and just keep producing content. Mm -hmm. But the the key piece here is understanding SEO and understanding keywords. Mm. Because if you're kind of 
you know, going willy nilly with SEO and not really knowing exactly the correct strategy and the correct content strategy specifically, then it's going to take you a lot longer to see results. Okay. So going back to the example of your niche website, two Mm. and a half months. And so from week one, you release a blog post every week for those two and a half months. Yeah. And so does Google, I assume Google picks up on consistency. So that would have been one of the factors. Yep. And then what? It just randomly decided two and a half months in, oh, this looks like a very good article, (laughs) a very good blog post. Right. So one of the big, my biggest like strategies around this, and this is why content strategy is really important, is, you know, when you are starting a business and you outline your different, um, I can't think of the word that a lot of coaches call it, but your different buckets, like what topics you specialize in. Oh yeah. Right. Content pillars. Yes. Content pillars. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Totally forgot that word. Um, So when it comes to blog content, you want to think about that really carefully. So what I do is I have, I actually do this in like a Google sheet. So I have my content pillars at the top and I think of usually between four, um, maybe six articles for each content pillar. And what you want to do, you want to start with the first content pillar and you want to publish as much content as you can on that first content pillar before moving on to the next one. Because what this indicates to Google is that she is an expert in this particular topic. Ah, this topic. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. also when you are creating a lot of content around one content pillar, you're able to link to all the other articles that you have relating to that piece of content. Mm-hmm. That's another really great SEO strategy. And it tells Google that you're an expert, right? And that's how I got my website on page one so quickly is I leaned into a very specific content pillar. I created as much content Mm -hmm. before I moved on to the next one, created more content around that content pillar, moved on to the next one. um, And you continue to do that. So I still do this for my blog, even though my blog is over 10 years old. Um, I still use the same strategy and it works every single time. That's fascinating. I suppose where my brain is now is... Because I haven't been quite as consistent with my show notes and because every day goes by, every week goes by, a new episode goes live and I am in the back of my head, that's another set of show notes not done. Mm. (laughs) So when you said what you said, I am wondering because my podcast has content pillars, Mm -hmm. they're around their seasons. And so I wonder if it's worth just doing, I think season one, which is about launching a podcast has 33 episodes. Maybe it's worth sticking to those and getting a bit of traction, learning the whole keyword research thing and then moving on. That seems so much more manageable because I'm over 100 episodes and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) every week goes by, it's another episode (laughs) and I'm just like, this is not going to get done anytime soon. (laughs) And outsourcing it is going to cost me a bomb. But you've just given me a light. <laughs> yes, I love that. I mean, yeah, when you think about it from your audience perspective, if they're launching a podcast, they have a lot of different questions, right? They're not just like want 
to read one article, Mm -hmm. they probably want to learn about something else related to launching your podcast. Like for example, when I was launching mine, Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, so what should I name it? Does that even matter? And then I was like, wait, how do I create a, like a podcast graphic? What does that look like? How do I create, um, or how many episodes should I have before I launch my podcast? What does that look like? What's a good strategy? What's a good process? So all of these different questions I want to see blog posts on. And, you know, when you have that content on your website, you're letting people fall into the rabbit hole of your content, Mm. um, which is really important. So, yeah, I say stick with start with one season and and put out that Mm. content first and then you can move on to another um, content pillar. Okay. You've given me, <laughs> I just need to get over this keyword research thing. And it's interesting you say that, actually. I found an article, I was prepping for a strategy call with a client, and I found an article that really fascinated me because every day that goes by, I'm getting slightly more over social media. Mm. And by the end of the year, I want it to be the smallest part of my marketing strategy. Like, I want to show up when I'm in the mood, because I'm in the mood, not, I don't feel forced at the moment, but there is this thing in the back of your head where, oh my goodness, how many hours has it been (laughs) since I showed up on stories? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And so what really stood out for me in this article, and I'll find the link because I promised to send it to my client as well. So I'll include it in the show notes, was his perception or his perspective even around, like you just said, the rabbit hole. With social media, we are creating content in the hopes that someone is going to see it and follow us to listen to our podcast. Whereas in his viewpoint, or her, (laughs) in their viewpoint, why not just create content that people are already looking for and put it in front of them? And I swear to God, I I think it's the way he worded it. Because I've heard that message before, but all of a sudden, maybe it's where I'm at in my business as well, right? You have to have all the stars aligning for the message to really hit you hard. But I had this total eureka (laughs) moment. Yes, that is it. Like, I'm promoting my podcast two or three times a week. But there's no way of me knowing how many new listeners I'm getting from social media. But everyone and their cat... (laughs) talks about promoting their podcast episodes on social media. But why? Why? (laughs) You know what I mean? And so when you said the rabbit hole thing, that reminded (laughs) me of that article because create content they're already looking for, learn the strategies, the techniques, i.e. SEO, to get it in front of them. And then it just does the work for you. As opposed to, I need to write this caption, I need to edit this video, I need to do this, I need to do... And I was like, yeah, by this time next year, I am going to be, I'm going to be like, Anita, remember me? (laughs) The person who was scared of SEO. (laughs) I'm now not an expert. But look, (laughs) my blog post is ranking. Because this whole social media thing, goodness gracious me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's getting exhausting, right? I mean, it's like, it feels like you're sometimes just shouting like, hey, I'm here and like no one is showing up. No one cares. No one is looking your way. And that's part of the reason why I love blog SEO. I love Mm. website SEO. I love Mm. Pinterest as well because 
you're putting your time into creating content that not only lasts a lifetime, but content that people are actually searching for. The people who are going to search engines, they usually already know that they have a problem. They're looking for a solution and you can be their solution. You can show up every single day without having to put some makeup on, do your hair, get dressed, right? It's just, you know, working in the background for you. Um, Yesterday, I brought 2,000 people to my website yesterday. And what did I do? I I think I was, I don't even think I wore pants for most of the day. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like I just, I love being able to rely on my website and rely on search engine traffic to bring me in front of new Mm. people um, every single day. You know, like I'm going on holidays in a few days and I don't have to worry about promoting my things because my website is showing up in front of people every day. It does it for me. And is that your travel blogs? Yeah. Now you've got the podcast as well and your coaching, sort of your services. Mm -hmm. Is that all of them? Wow. Yep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, once someone comes from Google, like landing on my blog posts, they're taken to my website. And on my website, I have everything that they could ever want to know about working with me. I have mm. lead magnets, I have um, different products, services, courses, mini courses, yeah. everything like that. Um, so, that's just the power of bringing someone to your website, most likely you can lead them to somewhere else on your website. And um, that is super valuable. Whereas with social media, it's like, you know, yelling into a void, like there's just no one there. And you're trying so hard to bring people off the platform into your website when you could be creating content that automatically brings them in. Yeah, I think, no, I think some of my audience are really engaged, but the small percentage of people that actually see your post, that's the void piece for me because you want to make an impact. You know that you're an expert in what you do. And then there's this thing called some random algorithm who is in your way, (laughs) messing with your shit, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) But that's amazing. 2,000 people in a day, even if five of them bought. (laughs) Five, two, that, right. Exactly. And that was an everyday yep. thing. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yep. And this is like, so my busy season um, with one of my websites is the European summer. Mm. So it's coming up Europe, European summer. Um, and I'm looking at the numbers now and I'm like, this is going to be the biggest really? year in traffic. It's, yeah, it, <laughs> it's crazy. So, you know, that's another thing to look at when it comes to what kind of um, content you put out is noticing like trends and seasons and things like that and really creating content and leaning into those trends, Mm. right? So, for example, like if someone was, um, let's say, a wedding, uh, I don't know, wedding photographer, Mm. right? They're going to have a busy season of the year. And so thinking about, okay, what kind of content should I create before the busy season so that when it comes to the busy season my content is in front of a lot of people so yeah that's amazing well we will reconvene in 12 months 
And I am sure I'll be a proud student. I need to look. I did it. I'm sitting back with no pants. Just like you. (laughs) Yay. Yes. No pants party. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you might want to add that we Um, might not have covered before we wrap up? I mean, I think the, the final thing that I want to kind of end on is don't be scared of SEO. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, I really believe that SEO should be accessible for everyone out there. It's such an important um, strategy. It's such an important thing that every business owner should do. And um, just start to learn bit by bit. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. You don't need to know everything when it comes to SEO. There are super technical parts, but you don't need to worry about that quite, you know, quite yet. You can worry about that later if you want to. I mean, even I don't delve into Mm -hmm. super, super technical SEO because I just get results by using simple SEO. So yeah, if you haven't delved into it before, um, don't be scared to. It's really, really awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing from you, just to conclude, is the important pieces are great content, keyword research, would there be a third or would you say those are the top two? I would say, yeah, definitely content and the keyword research piece, knowing mm. exactly what your audience is typing into Google. You need to know those exact phrases, those exact words. Um, and when you know that information, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> well, thank you so very much for joining us again, Anita. Please do remind our audience where they can connect with you. Yes, you can come hang with me on Instagram if you want, Anita Hendrika. You can come um, give me a message and tell me how you like the episode or if you have any questions about SEO as well. Um, you can visit my websites. Um, I have anitahendrika.com, which is like my travel blog, but I also have articles on Pinterest and blogging and SEO on there as well. And then I have my coaching website, which is more about like how you can work with me. So yeah, just come connect with me on all the things and um, and thank you so much for having me again. No, thank you so much for joining us again. Now I can, I can relate episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, listeners. I hope you found this conversation as interesting as I have. And feel free to reach out to Anita with any questions. Thank you and speak soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.